So one of the, the real tragedies also is that we have this uh, Francis Xavier who called the Inquisition and we have schools and colleges in his name and he's a saint. He's, people are very proud to be uh, Xavierites yeah. and you know have the legacy of this. Yeah. But one of the one of the responses that the church gives is that Francis Xavier actually died before the Inquisition That's true. carried out. That's true. Is, that, is there actually evidence that he died? Or yes. It's true. He wrote a letter. He was not there when the Inquisition was actually established. He had died and the king to whom he had written a letter had also died. Right. There were other people also who had written for the court of Inquisition to be established. He was not the only one, but he was the first one to put the idea there. The last century you have seen that there have been reparations done by the nations who have committed atrocities on some race, some religion, some yes. ethnicity. Now in this case, it is a very well documented um, litany of you know, crimes committed by the erstwhile Portuguese. So part A of my question is that the Portuguese, do they owe any kind of reparations to the natives of Goa, the people who, who have been the inhabitants? Secondly, my second part of the question would be that around about the time the Operation Vijay took place and the liberation of Goa took place, the Portuguese uh, took a lot of artifacts, a lot of important material out of Goa, away from India. Shouldn't the government of India be raising their voice and asking the Portuguese to return those artifacts and those uh, important historical you know, elements back to India? Well, they should. But Goa till today doesn't have a separate museum dedicated to Inquisition. That should tell you something, no? So, yeah, if wishes were horses, yes, we should ask. But whether they will or not, it's a different issue. Yes, Portuguese owes an apology. Yes, the church owes an, an apology because this was all basically ratified by the Pope. And the Pope has apologized to Galileo, he's apologized to the Rwandans, but uh, no, apologized to the Jewish people, but nobody has apologized to the. Yeah, but nobody has apologized to us yet. ंगलीम Tried in Asolna court and not in Rashor. Asolna. Asolna. And the body of the priest uh, who was murdered is in, who was uh, prosecuted is in Rashor, right? Yes. He was buried in Rashor. In fact, there are uh, two crosses in Kunkalim. Now they have been encroached upon, which are called the Martyrs uh, Crosses. They are built in memory of those the three. The church was also actually yes. Martyrs Crosses. Yes. Now it is Regina. Yes, yes. Even in Portugal, there is a church. There is a huge church which is full of gold, which they looted from Brazil, and that is called a Martyrs Church in Lisbon, and that is dedicated to the. I actually read the board, which said that uh, it is dedicated to the Portuguese priest martyred in Kunkulim. So, <laughs> Saptakoteshwar Temple was destroyed. It was rebuilt by Shivaji. Yes, and Shivaji and the Portuguese fought almost daily battles. And Shivaji, unfortunately, was pressed from all sides. Otherwise, he could have. He was. He he, he came up to Savantwadi, but then he had to go back because the Mughals had opened another flank. Yeah, that was 
Yes, even Sambhaji. When Sambhaji had come, actually, yes. No, no, no. Shivaji also. When this 1669 thing happened, when the orphans were supposed to be given, taken away from their families, that is when Shivaji wrote to the Viceroy almost, you know, very regularly and saying that this is persecution. And he was almost ready to come. And Portuguese had also given uh, uh, safe passage to Kem Savant of Savantwadi. So, Portu uh, Shivaji was already upset about that and Shivaji made preparations to come to Goa, but then the Mughals opened another flank and Sambhaji had come, Sambhaji had almost reached Ponda, he would have won, if it was another four days, he would have won. Yes, 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 yes. In fact, the Portuguese Viceroy, when Sambhaji was, it looked like Sambhaji was going to defeat the Portuguese, he kept his Rajdand. Uh, the staff of power in Xavier's casket and said that now you are the viceroy of Goa, you save us. Uh, and the only thing they say like uh, saying Xavier is the savior of Goa was like because when Sambhaji entered he said like okay yeah. will not kick us out of Goa. Yeah. No, when uh, Sambhaji had to go back, so that that is how Goa was saved. But in 1961, when the Indian army came to Goa, then also the Viceroy kept his staff in Xavier's casket. Nothing happened, no, then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you briefly mentioned that there were slaves in Goa, even before the Portuguese. Yeah. Can you shed some light on uh, you know, the origins of this practice and how it was, I, was extended during Portuguese rule and so on? I have no idea. So I, because Shivaji has anecdotally accused Portuguese of uh, being slavers. No, they were slavers. They yeah. were slavers. Because in the African side, they have been, uh, there is a lot of evidence, but I don't know of See, at least this book says that there, there was probably they were paid pittance or whatever. I don't, I don't know if they were slaves in the Portuguese uh, sense of slavery, but they were uh, weight bigar kind of a thing. We did have weight bigari even before the Portuguese came. So bonded labor kind of a thing. Basically, you but borrow money from somebody then, and then. I mean, like the international slave market, so you could go and purchase. No, 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 no. I don't think it was like that. It was weight bigari, which is basically you borrow money from somebody and then you, and become, then that you become that person's slave for a huge amount of time. Basically. Yeah. Oh. And secondly, hmm. uh, from 1812, when the Inquisition was disbanded, hmm. all the way to 1961, hmm. uh, what kind of uh, period was this in terms of, you know, this uh, attitude of the Portuguese state towards Hindus? It was better because by the time the newer, by the time the Portuguese rule spread to the whole of Goa as we see today, the prosecute, the active proselytization had reduced significantly, which is why there are districts like Perne, which have became the part of the Portuguese empire in the last wave. There you will find very few Christians because there they didn't proselytize. By the time their zeal to proselytize had also reduced because Portugal had also evolved, you know, back there also there did work. And Salazar's uh, regime, even though it was extremely oppressive, it was not really uh, religious pro persecution kind of a regime. Uh, sorry about yeah. my history, but uh, why didn't the British kick the Portuguese out when they were moving the of India? They, I think they had little bit of uh, teething problems, well, but there must have been something, yeah. There must have been something with European politics. Plus, the Portuguese uh, had given Bombay to the British as dowry. So, they were also, the kings were also related. So, probably they had some kind of uh, uh, treaty or something. Thank you. Thank you very much for this uh, very uh, inspiring, informative. I would like to shed some light on a very disturbing forward that I got um, online which was about the Goa Inquisition. 
and it was about a Portuguese painter, apparently, who had um, painted a very, very brutal sort of skinning alive, or some such, uh, skinning alive, actually, of this, and very much similar to the kind of torture that you've described. The question is actually um, twofold. One is uh, the large number of uh, the population that you talk about. I'm basically from Bangalore, so I know what you mean, you know, in Bangalore and Bangalore and the South and Kerala, everywhere. Um, has there been any attempt to do, I know I, I, don't, I shouldn't say this, but like a Gharvapsi, has oh, there been wow. any attempt to, to um, bring them back into the fold because they were... There uh, was an attempt after Goa was liberated in 1961, it was called the Nav Hindu movement. It was led by an ashram called uh, Masur Ashram which was based in Masur in uh, Maharashtra and a significant number, I think it was 800 or 1000 of uh, Christians who belonged to a tribe called the Gaudas were actually brought back into Hinduism and uh, but then later on I think that Swami died and the whole movement died and also there were integration problems as well. See what happens is when you bring back people into the fold, the biggest problem comes during marriages. In India, marriages still happen in an arranged marriage way. So the Hindus will not accept and their community will not accept because they have become Hindu. So your pool becomes very small. If it's 800 people, then those 800 people have to marry only amongst themselves, right? So then the movement doesn't become large. So that was one of the practical practical problems that they faced. And yeah. Do you feel there's a lot of resistance and pressure from the church? Because we are all, we are all aware of how um, bigoted and, and very nasty the Catholic church can be. It will not allow its flock to sort of reduce. Have there been any recent attempts and is there some sort of... Recent, who, who's going to bell the cat? Who's going to take that decision? It's not a popular decision. It's not going to be a popular decision. So that was one. Demographics was one question. And the second one is again because you are the expert. Politically, I'm more interested in what are the political preferences of the Christian voters of Goa? Do they tend to veer more towards the BJP? No. They uh, they've always been... Uh, there was something called the United Goans Party. In the beginning, after Goa liberation, even, even then the demographic was almost split between Hindu predominantly Hindu voters, predominantly Christian voters. Hindu voters voted mainly for a party called Maharashtra Gomantak Party. The Christian voters voted mainly for uh, something called United Goans Party. So United Goans Party at some point morphed into the Congress and the Maharashtra Gomantak Party at some point of time morphed into the BJP. As in, they still exist, the original UGDP and uh, Maharashtra Gomantak Party still exist, but namesake. So the demographic is still there. There are efforts now being made. In one election, in the 2012 election, uh, the Catholics did move significantly towards the BJP because it was a watershed election and it had come to such a pass that if Congress had got another term, then the whole the whole of Goa would have been lost to land sharks and that everybody realized. But that is exceptional because you then have to have an issue which is bigger. But traditionally, the voting is more or less along said patterns. So are they anti, I'm sorry, I think, is the converted Christian population, are they anti-Hindu, are they, because I'm sorry to say this, though the reading commentator Rajiv Sardesai is part Goan, but his views aren't very pro-Hindu either. I mean, as uh, I don't say that in public. <laughs> <laughs> he's not, I've been, a, I'm a formerly a journalist, so I know. No, 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 I, I, I don't share that information in public, that okay. Rajdeep Desai's roots are in Goa, please, as a Goan it hurts me. <laughs> So let's not talk about that. But uh, 
See, in my village, for example, the festival that I told you where uh, uh, I didn't tell you about the festival. So every year when the goddess was shifted from our village to the neighboring village and where the temple exists now, it's a place called Fatorpa. Every year there is a procession which retraces the path that they used to take through the forest and the palanquin of the goddess is brought back to Kunkulim to the original place where the, the temple was and that is a big festival and for that festival the all the clans of the chieftains they still attend some of them have become holy christian because afterwards everybody from that clan some clans were converted so there are no hindus in that clan left but the christians of that clan still come they still pray even now they go to that fatarpa temple there is something called prasad which is like if you want to do something yes sutra yes 12 yes 12 clans so they still come and they still, they, they are supposed to have uh, 12 umbrellas and 12 banners, each representing a particular clan. So, they are supposed to like dance along with those umbrellas and those clans. They still do that. The, the festival is called Sutryo, which in Konkani means umbrellas. So, that still happens. But again, you know, it, see, you cannot erase suddenly 400 years of history. So, it is a complicated question. Uh, Ma'am, uh, I... Yeah. Uh, I uh, first of all, I want to congratulate you on a very, very moving story that you have narrated. Thank you. Uh, what I find is that in the whole of India, hmm. uh, in the medieval period, right from Multan up till Madurai, you can trace similar incidents yes. where the temples are attacked and the devotees and the temple priests have only one option, and that is to run away with the deity. That's right. So, it is a phenomena that takes place in the entire country. And I am just wondering that the Hindus of those times were clearly very different from what they are today. Hmm. Because there are numerous instances, countless instances where ordinary people and helpless temple priests go through such hardship, such torture and such risks to save the image. Yes. But now I find, I gave a talk uh, some time back on this, uh, you know, flight of deities. Hmm. And I was so shocked that at the end of the talk, the audience asked me, did the Hindus do only this in the medieval period that they just went on running away with the images? So it just shows that at some point, our living link with our heritage, with our past has broken. And this is something that we really need to... Address. I agree with you, ma'am. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. If I, if I were to bring in the Padmavati controversy, hmm. see, so on one hand you are saying that, uh, you know, they were, they were, they couldn't fight, they couldn't, so people who actually fought, people who actually fought for their honor, people who actually fought for the, uh, fought for the dharma, you know, what, what are you doing to their legacy? You, you've actually reduced, reduced a, a, a lady who's actually venerated in our part of what I come from Rajasthan, she's actually venerated because of the sacrifice she did to save the clan, she, to save the dharma, you've actually reduced her to someone who's actually now dancing in the court. So that's the kind of reduction, that's the kind of uh, ideological attack you're assaulting and we are helpless. And if I oppose this on a public forum, they'll say, oh, you're intolerant. Oh. So I think in, in, in some ways, in a lot of ways, you know, we really have to, um, uh, you know, we really have to actually, just say, oh, in, you know, in our villages, what we do is we ring fence our fields. And if anyone is encroaching our field, we actually, you know, uh, we, we actually are very particular that if we have ring-fenced our field, we will not let anyone ring forth. So we also have to ensure that we are ring-forcing our, uh, we are 
you know, we are just reinforcing our ideology in a way that no one encroaches. If there's a narrative to build, no one should be allowed to encroach that. True. I agree with you. There's nothing to disagree with. Yeah. No, it's not. See, this this thing of my village history, 1583, every government, be it Congress, be it BJP, be it whoever, has been promising that this chapter will be included in school books. It has not happened till today. You go to MA and you study Goan history, that's when you come to really know about it. So only very few people who do MA in history will get to know about it. That too, they will get to know sanitized version, but at least get to know about it. But otherwise, it's like, I mean, I knew it because I come from Kungulim and I come from a family of very, very fiery patriotic people. But there are people in my village also who probably don't know the whole details. And the general attitude is this. The, what I said, Gade Mudde Kyu, Gade Murde Kyu, Khaad Rewa. Ma'am, actually I have to ask you about the part where you told us that uh, converted Hindus were tortured, hmm. but converted Muslims or Jews were killed, I think. No, 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 no. I said Hindus were not killed. Yeah. People who continued to be Hindu, they were tortured, they were uh, sent off to Portugal colonies as slaves, but they were not burnt alive at Autada face. But converted the neo Christians, be they Jewish, be they Muslims, be they Hindus, if it was proved by the Inquisition that they relapsed back to their ways of their old religion, whichever religion it was, okay. then they would be uh, okay. burnt and alive. The second thing that I wanted to ask was that despite all of this, I really want to know if it has been a subject of study, a social study. Uh, that how did Hindus survive? Like even today, that I don't know the exact demographic uh, component of Goa, but how, despite all these hardships and torture, how did Hindus survive? I told you. See, lot of people moved out. Lot of people they basically because Goans because Portugal Portugal fortunately didn't cover the whole of Goa. So at that point of time, they crossed the river and went to these places. But in and those places where say, yeah, those people who did not cross the river say for that generation. But yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody was converted. Exactly. In some villages, yes. Huh? In some villages in Salset and everyone. Yes. No, there were some Hindus who were who were given special privilege because they worked in the Portuguese government in the beginning. There were some roles which only the Hindus could do, like the educated in like keeping accounts or some something like Rejido's high positions. Yes, they continue to remain Hindus. They worked for the government. They got lots of land grants and all because of that. There's a big family in Panjim which have a huge house in Panji, in the heart of Panji. They remained Hindu, but they used to work for the Portuguese. Um, I just wanted to add one point. Like, yeah. history is not being taught to the Indians. Hmm. It is not the problem with Goa. It is the problem of India. Yes. 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 Speaking of, I want to add one point. Yes. What the Portuguese did in Goa, mm. what the Spanish and the Portuguese have done in South America, in North America, and in Africa, is absolutely the same. Yes. The Christians have, they had started off with the Inquisition, you know, the Catholics had stopped it also. And mm. once it was stopped, you'll find that the Christians have managed to whitewash it or mm. accept it and then put it aside. Mm. So this is. The facts of these are available in various histories. Yes. And many people have written about it. Yes. But then they have said, okay, let's move forward. Past is past. But 
past is really not past, as you really brought out. It still is current yes. in many places. Yes. Till 50 years back, in Canada, the children of Eskimos were taken away from their parents. Yes. Same thing was, ha was happening in Australia. Yes, Maoris. Yes, yes. It's the same template. It's the same template everywhere. It's classical. You see the steps, you'll see them. Any place of religious persecution, you'll see the same template happening. What is it that that can be done in contemporary times? One of the one of the real um, tragedies is this veneration of Saint, uh, Saint Xavier's, not only in colleges and stuff, but this whole mm -hmm. sham about the body in the, mm -hmm. I think, bomb Jesus uh, Basilica. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many people know about this story. So there is this story of the body which is being venerated, but mm -hmm. at least as far as I have dug, this 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 guy was actually taken to Portugal, and then then it's supposedly a body appears two years later. Mm -hmm. And as far as my research shows, this body is actually of a Buddhist monk from Sri Lanka. And what happens is this Buddhist monk has been studying this preservation of the body. So he's been doing different way, yogic and other practices mm -hmm. to study the preservation of bodies. So what happens is the Catholics manage to get the body of this monk and he's installed in this bomb Jesus Basilica. So one of the interesting things that would be done is to do a DNA test of that body which would establish whether this is a Portuguese body or it's not a Portuguese body. And I think and 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 one of the interesting things about this is that again as you said the entire pol political dispensation is 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 unfortunately complicit in this. So so BJP funds this big you know, festival around the around the things that makes all the arrangements. There's absolutely no BJP doesn't. The government does. Well, I mean, when the BJP government, I mean, the yeah. the, the BJP whoever is whoever is whoever is government, government does whoever it. is in the government, yeah. the Congress has been doing it, but the BJP yeah. is also not not changed. Yeah. So one of the so there needs to be a constituency that starts to ask these questions. Like you know, that's why your talk is so important to start to ask these questions. And the reason why the church doesn't apologize. To, to, to go on where it apologizes to everybody else is that the Hindus are apologizing for everybody. I agree. You know, we've become so apologetic yeah. that we can't even ask anybody to apologize. True. So, you know, that's yes. So, you mentioned that the, this map, then Adil Shah was here and yeah. Yeah. So, I'm interested to know that how did Adil Shah react to this persecution of Muslims as regards to the. His uh, empire was already on the wane. So even though he didn't like it, there was really not much that he could do because he's basically his empire was shrinking at that point of time. So the Portuguese kept on expanding and he kept on retreating. So there wasn't really, even if he didn't like it, there was really nothing much. It's basically right, might is right. So there's nothing he could do. And there's uh, two things I would like to bring to light about how is it manifesting today. Hmm. I've done my education from DAV and you know, in that institution, you are you are trained to loathe idol worship. So our Shastri sir would say that, have you seen an Asht Bujawali Yorath? How can you worship to her? So anyway, from right from the beginning, we were taught to self-loathe in the DAV institution itself. And uh, moreover, you had to eulogize everybody else because that was the thing to do. Then I taught in um, St. Paul College. It was a Catholic college. And what I learned was very interesting that all the, uh, the staff members who had joined, most of them had joined as Hindus. Mm -hmm. And now while they were working there, all of them had converted to Christians. They have these pseudo bodies about a domestic workers association and mm -hmm. humanitarian associations. And all that is a garb where they are continuously in thousands 
in Madhya Pradesh. They are converting these people yes. to Christianity, yes. bringing them into fold. And I know of many seminarians, especially these tribal children who have to become seminarians and they come and as a teacher they would cry in front of me that I have been forced to live here, I don't want to live here, uh, they want me to get education my parents and they just say just go there get educated mm -hmm. and then come back just leave everything but the fact is that they have been converted hmm. and they, they're, uh, they are so strict that their attendance is marked on Sunday, uh, Sunday mass, mass. Okay. and if you're not there then you, you are treated like a heretic mm -hmm. and uh, they're doing it at, at a Mm -hmm. war footing and I don't see much resistance happening even in Madhya Pradesh which mm -hmm. we would expect otherwise. And then you know a follow up question, the biggest problem is this whole uh, narrative from Newton's media, uh, Twitter journalists like uh, the Sunday <coughs> uh, you mentioned now, the whole problem is why... I didn't mention, she mentioned, I don't <laughs> mention. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, my real concern is why are we not able to, why is right-wing uh, nationalist uh, lobby or people like you, I know you've gone against the tide with uh, in a lot of these issues, why are we not able to effectively counter this narrative that's, uh, that's kind of... How many of us are there and how many of us have uh, the, the, the vast means that the MSN has at its disposal, as it at its disposal? The point is of reach, no. See, I have carved out now a small enough niche for myself. So, I can actually say these things out and I know that it will reach a few people. But how many of us have that reach? And tomorrow, okay, fine, I have 100,000 followers on Twitter. But tomorrow, if I have to write a book, who is going to publish my book? But a Gurmehar Kaur gets a uh, penguin book contract. That is the problem. The whole clout, the whole mainstream media clout is so loaded against us that whatever efforts we do is seems like too small. But having said that, it is important to make that effort. Thank, thank yeah. you for your, your talk. Um, I find it a bit frustrating, not your talk itself, but to, to your question. Um, the real reason is not the media. The reason is that your constitution was written by traitors who intended to continue to colonize the place. So India is not free. Hmm. Even a tiny country like Bhutan, which has not even a million people, I thought they're all Buddhist. So they wrote a constitution mm -hmm. two, three years back. Very clearly, they're a Buddhist nation. Hmm. Actually, they're only three quarters Buddhist. That's right. They were yes. almost half probably Hindu with these hmm. Baharis. Hmm. They were threatened. The minute you have democracy, hmm. you need to watch your population battle. So they True. just kicked them out, right? They just kicked them out back in the yeah, wall, yeah. and they're three quarters Buddhist, and the mm -hmm. constitution is Buddhist. It's very clear. True. So there's no clarity here because Hindus I think are not united. Yes, but I think the part of the problem is Hindus are a pacifist race. Okay, let me uh, let me go back to this. Just one second. Let me make a point. See, even while this Inquisition was happening, even while the Hindus were being prosecuted, even while a whole section of Hindus was valiantly fighting the Portuguese in their efforts to proselytize, they were also fighting amongst themselves. And they were fighting amongst themselves and going to the Portuguese, like the Vaishnava sect and the Shaiva sect were fighting amongst themselves and they were giving petitions to the Portuguese king saying that you decide who is right amongst us. And this was happening parallelly. Ye bhi ho raha tha, wo bhi ho raha tha, inquisition bhi ho raha tha, sab kuch ho raha tha. So, it seems like we cannot look at the bigger picture. We cannot look at the bigger picture. It's changing though. At least I like to believe that it's changing. Yes. I have a question. See, uh, you said that uh, there are the Portuguese burnt all the records when they left Goa. Yes. But now, I mean, the Portuguese, Portugal itself. Not all the records. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Do you think there are some specific lacunae that could be filled by, say, documents from Portugal which. 
Many of this, uh, yes, this book is based on half the uh, documents. If you see the bibliography of this book, it's all Portuguese documents. It's all it's all uh, accounts written by some inquisitors, some priests, some uh, the church annals, some Jesuit historians. It's all it's all done. It's all documented. It's all done. But the uh, the Inquisition used to keep an account of what is the name of the pay, of victim, what did he do, all of those records that they what crime has he committed, individual records, all those were destroyed. Yeah. Stephanie, uh, so compliments on the work that you've been doing. Thank you. So uh, as you spoke outside, I'm originally uh, from Pune, but a doctor based in Bangalore right now. So uh, I just want to share two thoughts on the way I. So the uh, purpose, as you said a while ago, of why we are going through this entire thing, you know, Mude uh, Ukhani and all that. So essentially, this narrative that happened is is actually continuing to happen, as we just discussed. Hmm. And uh, not just old ways like the ones in uh, position, uh, but you know, many covert and subtle ways. That's right. And uh, so one of the things that came to my notice is, uh, you know, use of. Uh, just as an example, you know, the, in uh, English language, the words of one mutt, which refers to, you know, actually in uh, Hindi we would call it mutt, hmm. or in South India we would call it matha. Hmm. The second, of course, what is, you know, every accepted the word mythology. Actually, if I'm, I, I may be wrong, but perhaps you mentioned the word myth hmm. by describing uh, one incident. Hmm. So, and the third is the use of the word vernacular. When we, when we refer to anything that is, you know, hmm. uh, part of our local or Indian custom. So now all these actually are subtle ways. To I get, agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I've written a small uh, blog post hmm. on this with citations and references. I can share it. Hmm. So I was thinking if, you know, we could legally hmm. come out with a way to, you know, uh, have an order where these words are not used with reference to see mud refers to a dumb dog. Okay, the uh, all English literature and media they refer to a uh, any mud is referred to as M U T T. That's how it's called as. And any ancient Indian uh, you know document story. So why can't we call it as Puranas? No, we don't need to have an English word for it. I am Satish, whichever language. My name is written, so if it is Puranas, very well, in English also it should be written as Puranas. Good point. It shouldn't be called as uh, Mythology. We all should start using like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Use it even while they are speaking. So, having given... Use the word scripture. Yeah. Yes, scripture no, is another it's simple word. Scripture. It's our history. I don't call it Purana. I don't call it uh, story or anything. It's so, as, as, as a... I agree with your point. Yeah. So, as a way, I... And I request everyone to stop using these three words <laughs> henceforth. And, uh, and also idol. It bugs yeah. me a lot. I always use it Murti or Vigraha. And also the word Lord. Lord Ram, Lord Krishna. Lord Mountbatten, Lord Climb. Lord Lord, Lord Ram, Lord Krishna. So, yeah. so my, my second point about the way I had this. Uh, see, I came across this article where Infosys Foundation has uh, funded a professorial chair in some US university. classical library. So, I'm, that guy is a strong. Uh, Almost uh, a Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. 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 So, and again, uh, the earlier point where you said, you know, uh, it's not possible to include uh, 
this as part of the syllabus curriculum. So to get a sort of... I didn't say it's not possible. I said uh, nobody wants to do it. Okay, the point is it's difficult. So to get, you know, more authentic uh, sort of weight to this narrative, is it not possible to set up a professorial chair at some university where someone, uh, where, you know, we somehow, I mean, see, people are willing to give funds when they know that the cause is genuine. There are enough people. So, uh, I'm just asking everyone also, how do we go about, say, setting up a professorial chair in, say, a particular university and where there, you know, either some you know, MA or PhD students, they could be encouraged to take this up as a thesis topic. Yeah, there there have been PhD thesis on this done by Goans. If you go to Goa University Archives, you will find a few students who have done their PhD thesis on it. So it's not that work on that has not been done, but the point is it is not accessible to the general public. So People who know know. People who don't know don't know anything. That's so the thing.